This is Solving Problems and Starting New Ones, the show that tries to be an incubator of great ideas and a place to challenge popular wisdom. Today, we're talking about the virus that's sweeping the only nation that matters, and we're going to continue our look at the education system with Chapter 4, and you'll get all this from a guy on the street perspective. But before we get to that, like, comment, review, share, don't be useless people, spread the word. I'm trying to smarten people up. And before we kick this show into high gear, i got to give you the 2020 presidential race update of 2020. I know with all the pandemic craziness, maybe you've forgotten about the election. Well, that's what I'm here for, to make things worse. Yes, last night Joe Biden had a lengthy phone conversation with Dwight D. Eisenhower on how to combat the polio virus. His wife would later inform him that he was not on the phone, but rather speaking into a can. This would lead to more confusion for old Joe, as he looked at the can and assumed he was FaceTiming with Chef Boradie. Later that night, and after eating four cans of meatballs, he would eventually make an appearance on CNN. After the appearance, Joe Biden was heard saying to his wife, or sister, that he was proud he only had three wardrobe malfunctions and two curse words on CNN tonight. That same night, President Trump was asked if he thought he could beat Biden this November. Trump responded saying, how can I lose? No, I'm asking, how can I lose? I've tried everything. This has been your 2020 presidential race update of 2020. All right, on to another deep look in the education system. Chapter 4, K-8. through this, this should be a short chapter, but it's an important one. My goal is to present an idea, then the argument, and then you just agree with it. What are the problems in kindergarten through 8th grade? What changes should be made? Here's an idea. Get rid of homework. These are kids we're dealing with. They don't want to do that shit. And when they are out of school, no more schoolwork. When you clock out of work, do you bring your work home? No. Mentally, maybe, but you get what I'm saying. Let these drugged-up fat-ass play outside. They shouldn't be stuck in the house. And just so you know, homework was originally invented as punishment in the early 1900s. Seriously, look it up. And I don't see teachers disagreeing with this. Less papers for them to be graded, more free time for them. The only reason any student should do homework is if they're falling behind and need to get their grades up. It also works as an indicator for parents if the kid shows up with homework to do. It lets them know that their kid, you know, might be dumb and needs a little more mom time. That's what you get when you drink wine during childbirth, ladies. So the key takeaway is, let these kids have more time to be kids. Let them fight, let them eat shit that's not food, whatever they're into. Alright, what other changes? Let's, uh, let's try to get a little deeper. Let's talk about morals, decisions, and opportunity. My theory is, if you have good morals you will make better decisions. If you make better decisions, then you'll have more opportunities. So how do we teach morals to a five to 14 year olds? It's actually kind of tricky, but the best way is to ask questions with no wrong answers. I'll give you a shitty example. Ask a five year old, is punching someone in the face good or bad? I would like to assume the child would answer bad. You'd follow up with, why? You'd probably get an answer like, because it's wrong to hit people, good answer. So let's say five years goes by and the, the kid's 10 years old. So you ask him, is it good or bad to punch someone in the face if that person is strangling a baby? Well, the child would answer, I, I would think, yes, it's good to punch someone in that scenario. So you'd ask, well, why is it okay now, but not before? Which raises the question, is it okay to do something bad for the right reasons? And you'd probably get a small range of different answers. Again, no wrong answers but just simply allowing their minds to develop critical thinking skills. So, four more years goes by and the, the kid is getting ready for high school. Yes, one more question. Is it okay to punch someone in the face 
while they're strangling a baby, but you know full well the baby is going to grow up to be Hitler. What kind of range of answers would you expect to get from that? How many discussions can you have between with those different types of answers? Would you punch the strangler, take the baby, raise it not to be Hitler? Would you let him strangle away? And more importantly, why? Let's put their thinking skills to work. Here's another shitty example you can ask, say, like a 12-year-old. Is slavery good or bad? Bad, right? So what's the opposite of slavery? What is the opposite of bad? Freedom might be the likely answer. So if freedom is good, should you be able to run people over with your car? Should you have the freedom to do so? Now, if you answer no to that, and that type of freedom is wrong, then you need to explain why. Isn't putting restraints on an individual person sound closer to slavery, which we defined as bad? Is extreme freedom and extreme restraints bad? You would have to assume so. We can't look at a good or a ba- good or bad as one line. We have to look at it almost like a circle. Because anything or almost anything in its extreme is bad. It becomes anarchy. It becomes chaos. So what's the opposite of chaos? Order. So in order to have freedom, you must have order. Now this begs the question, who creates the order? You, me, family, community, church, laws? And what if the people in charge of order and freedom, these two good things, isn't really all that good? What if the people in charge lie, cheat, to honestly believe they're honest? Imagine if someone were to burn the American flag, smear crap on the image of the Virgin Mary, or do both to a picture of Martin Luther King. Why are good people more offended by the idea of one of those than the others? Are people mostly concentrated on looking good than honestly being good? That's a lot of questions no wrong answers. The key is, if you can figure out what good is, then you know what bad is. If you know what right is, you know what wrong is. If you know what chaos is, then you know what order is. And it's more challenging than it seems, which brings us to decisions and opportunities. All life is, is a series of decisions, a multiplicity of doors. But economics does play a part. If you are a wealthy individual and you make a series of bad decisions, You can typically sometimes come back from that. But if you're poor or somewhere in the middle, a series of bad decisions can leave you out in sea. If you go 100 miles out to sea, you have to work your way back 100 miles. Some people have to swim back, others take a yacht. Now, some of you are thinking, see, the rich have it so much easier. Who gives a shit? Don't worry about them. Worry about you. Take care of you. Get what you want out of life. There's always going to be wealthy people because no poor person has ever hired a rich person. It's always going to be the other way around. So if you have a good moral compass, you will make better decisions, which hopefully will lead you to better opportunities. More opportunities at happiness. More moments of happiness. And hopefully you can string together enough moments of happiness that you can actually look back in life and say, you know what, that was a pretty good ride. Or if nothing else, at least you kept your head above water, which is far more important than money. These are things that need to be added to the structure of early education. Now, for a lot of you, maybe you got kids, niece, nephew, some young mind that looks up to you. Let's face it, maybe it's too late for you. Maybe you screwed up. It happens. So, you see, here's what you do for the next young generation so they're not morally bankrupt like you. You sit them down, pour yourself a nice glass of tea, and crack open the old Bible. Yep, and teach that young mind the greatest piece of literature that's ever been written. Yes, folks, I'm talking about the Ten Commandments. Imagine a world where everyone followed the Ten Commandments. 
Imagine being able to go anywhere, any time of day, any time of night without fear of being harmed or killed. Imagine a world where you can leave your windows open, doors unlocked, because there won't be any stealing. Imagine a relationship built completely on trust, with no fear of cheating. Imagine a world where you could believe everything you read and everything a person says, because there is no lies. Imagine there's no jealousy of others or their possessions. Imagine honoring our moms and dads and those whose shoulders we stand on. Imagine a world where people don't treat any living being as a god. Imagine if everyone strived for good morals. Alright, on to round two of this shit show about the coronavirus, COVID-19, Wuhan virus, the Kung Flu. I really had to talk myself into covering this topic again because by the time this airs, everything's probably going to be outdated. Plus, I'd like for the most part this show to have a somewhat timeless feel. I want people listening to this like a year from now to be able to enjoy it, you know. But it's a big moment in time. This is probably the worst thing that's happened on American soil since the Civil War. And economically the worst thing that's happened to us since uh, the Depression. So I'm thinking to myself, this will be a a pretty neat thing to listen to in the years to come. Alright, so we got these rallies going around in America. Most of them are rallying to open the economy. Some are rallying against the attacks on liberty. And a group of them believe the virus isn't even real. Like completely made up. And honestly, I'm kind of on their side. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not saying the virus isn't real. I haven't lost my shit yet. But I'm saying I get it. When you have a media that pushes lies that are easily debunked, politicians that would rather lose their self-respect than an election, and a, a government that lies about problems in our society to push their own, their own bullshit agenda, I get it. We deal with a lot of people on, t- on the top of the hill who don't want to hear your opinion because they don't care what you have to say. Now, after years of crying wolf, I can understand people not believing what they're hearing because all they hear is, we're not lying this time. So yeah, I get it. If you can't trust anyone, who can you trust? Plenty of intelligent people believe lies, like free college tuition. Totally not free. Free health care. Again, absolutely not free. And not a good solution for the real health crisis in this country. For an actual solution, check out episode 7. The Earth is flat. I've seen a lunar eclipse. The shadow on the moon doesn't appear to be disc-shaped at all. I think I've been hoodwinked. Now, who I'm not with is the people who say things like, listen to the science. Well, what is science? Facts, evidence, and data, right? Nerd stuff. So let's check out the facts, evidence, and data anyway. Facts would tell us that this originated from bats. Though evidence points out that the wet markets in Wuhan didn't have bats on the menu during the time of the outbreak. And newer evidence is showing this originated from a lab down the street from the Wuhan market. But the facts aren't completely in yet. Data shows that China stopped domestic travel at the end of January 2020, but allowed foreign travel for two months after. Anybody want to use facts to figure out what the most popular out-of-country travel destination is for people of China? Facts would show Republican Senators Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley called for a shutdown of Chinese flights in early January, only to have the government completely ignore them. Data would show this this whole thing could have been avoided with minimum quarantine efforts had they been listened to, thus wasting the lives of Chinese doctors who tried to war- try to warn the world. Evidence would show that the longer you shut down a state, more federal dollars the state will receive. If these facts are true, that's a hell of an incentive. Republican representative from Kentucky Thomas Massey 
wanted to have a recorded vote and an opportunity to speak and debate on the CARES Act. For his troubles, he was wrongfully blamed for delaying the bill, and immediately after, he was shit on by the president and called an asshole by John Kerry. Does the data show that Massey is an asshole? In an interview, he had this to say on the crony capitalism of the CARES Act. The stimulus package is $6 trillion. We have 100 million families, give or take. Divide $6 trillion by 100 million, you get $60,000 per family. They're offering a $1,200 payment if they qualify. Maybe close to $3,000 if you have kids. About 95% of that money is going somewhere else. Where is it going? And it's the taxpayer that's going to be on the line for $60,000 after only receiving $3,000. This is the biggest transfer of wealth in human history. End quote. I don't think the evidence is there that this guy's an asshole. Facts would show a short time ago a salon owner by the name of Shelley Luther was jailed for opening her business one week too early. She could have avoided jail time had she simply apologized in front of the king, I mean judge. Instead, she stood up for herself and said no. She wanted to open her business so she could put food on the table for her family and for her employees to be able to do the same. What do the feminist groups have to say for a strong woman standing up for herself? Useless. I believe the evidence is building that liberty might be under attack. Especially when you have one person in a salon, especially when you can't have one person in a salon, but you can have 20 people in a liquor store. You can cram yourself onto a bus or a subway in New York, but you can't play at the park. A 54-year-old child molester in Massachusetts gets released from prison to keep him safe from the coronavirus. Meanwhile, drive-in churchgoers in Mississippi were fined $500 each person for sitting in their car listening to a sermon. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot can shut down the salons and barbershops, but receive a haircut herself. Her reasoning, quote, I'm the public face of this city. I'm on national media, and I'm out in the public eye. End quote. Sounds good, your majesty, and for the record, your hair still looks like shit. And people are wondering why others are starting to question the shutdown and rally with guns. Maybe people are questioning why news reporters take off their masks when they think the cameras are off after press briefings. Maybe people are tired of the bullying they see, whether it's filling a skate park in California with sand to prevent skating, or the police violently ripping a black man off a bus in Philadelphia for not wearing a mask. Could have just gave him a spare mask, right? I refer to people in power as kings and queens above us all the way back in episode one. You give people in authoritative roles a little more power, and next thing you know, they think they're royalty. Everybody thinks the days of kings and queens are ancient history. Nope. They just don't wear the robe and the crowns anymore, but the mentality is still alive and well. You see what people really are in a crisis, and there's been a fair amount of elected officials dusting off their uh, scepters. And I do fully believe people are trying to listen to whatever the changing science might be, but some of the laws around the country don't make sense to the science that they're hearing. People will only obey a law if it makes at least some sense. You can get away with it for a little while, but after a while... Some people are going to start thinking, what right does anybody have to say what is essential? You can't exactly allow McDonald's to stay open and then tell people this is a health crisis without an eyebrow or two getting raised. Though I'm a little, a little surprised that there aren't more people rallying in the streets, but it shows you there are far too many people willing to give a little bit of freedom for a little bit of safety. And for that, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually you'll end up with neither. Now, back to the science. Multiple small studies show that there has not been a single case of a child passing the coronavirus to an adult. This is a fact. For now. Until the evidence changes the fact. So I guess we'll just wait for more data and evidence. 
Scientists ha had originally said that there was no person-to-person -person transmission of the virus. Facts said otherwise. Scientists said that citizens don't need to wear a mask. Then the data changed. Scientists have said there will be a vaccine by the following dates. September, end of the year, 12 to 18 months, 4 years, and lastly, never. I see no evidence not to believe them. So what's the best advice science has to offer so far? Stay at home. Yes, children, stay at home. Though data points out that according to NPR, that child abuse complaints have increased 22%. So how about women? Maybe women should just stay home to be safe. Though data has also pointed out that around the country, there's a 60% increase in calls for domestic abuse. Okay, how about small business owners? Their business will be safe unattended, right? They should definitely stay at home. Though data once again points out that looting has skyrocketed around the country in New York with a 77% increase and up to 21% in Washington State to name a couple. Okay, how about everyone else should stay home? Well, judging by the fact that food shelters are empty in major cities, people are behind on rent, small business owners are filing for bankruptcy, people have lost their health insurance, life savings. When these people here just stay at home, it's a premise to be dismissed. All right, how about old folks? Won't they be safe? Nope. 35% of the country's death has come from long-term care facilities. New York nursing homes are responsible for one-fifth of those deaths. Speaking of New York, one-third of all COVID-19 deaths in America have come from that state. What are the facts that may have led to this? Was the New York City Health Commissioner saying on March 2nd, we know that there's currently no indication that it's easy to transmit by casual contact. We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives, ride the subway, take the bus, go see your neighbors, end quote. Was it Governor Cuomo's policy, to, uh, according to NBC News, that mandated nursing homes admit residents regardless of their COVID-19 status? Or was it Mayor of New York Bill, uh, Bill de Blasio, who after two months since the state shut down, has finally decided to have the subways cleaned? This is after 98 MTA uh, workers have died from the virus and more have gotten ill. Maybe they should have done this, I don't know, a little sooner. Okay, last round of science stuff. There is one way through this pandemic. Social immunity. There is two ways to get there. One, wait for a cure, which will be available between now and never. Or two, go out there and be safe. The people who are most likely to get sick are the people you live with. So the mentality is... My age is the same age as the oldest person I live with, or frequently visit, anyway. So if you're 20, but live with your grandfather who's 70, you want to protect yourself as if you're 70, for example. Also, if you're fat, well, I mean, do you really care about your health? No. So get out there, tubby, and suck up the virus for the rest of us. Anyway, let's break down the risk of death once infected. If you are age 20 to 29, there is a 0.003% chance of dying. If you are 30 to 39, there is a 0.007% chance of dying. If you are 40 to 49, there is a 0.01% chance of dying. 50 to 59, 0.1. 60 to 69, 0.4. At my age, I am more likely to be run over by an airplane in the middle of the ocean than to die from this virus. But I do, uh, I do have my mask on, just in case science changes on me. So, next time there's a rally, now or in the future, for any reason, finish your daily count to infinity, grab your guns, head on down, send up a pair of shorts up a flagpole, and give a salute. 
because you have the absolute God-given right to go insane, people. And for those of you who think the virus isn't real, listen, wear a mask if you're out there, my friends. You know, just in case. Because if you do die after going to a rally, some scumbag's just going to post a picture of you on social media so they can mock you. Don't give the nerds a win. Or you can all just stay home if you have that option. Listen to the science. You will be right about something. Eventually. Maybe. That's it. This was Solving Problems and Starting New Ones. See ya.